Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's So Original podcast, the podcast that talks to you about original streaming programming on all of your favorite platforms. This week, we are back on Netflix, and we are talking about the half of it. Give it up next for Ellie Chu. The good thing about being different in a town like this is that no one expects you to be like them. I'm 17. I live in Squamish with my dad. I run a business, writing essays for people. I guess I just never thought I'd need anyone else. Hey, hold up. Ten dollars for three pages. No, I'm not trying to cheat. What's this? A letter. Maybe you can make me sound smart. Dear Astor Florence, I'm in love with you. These hallways are murder. I'm Ali Chu. Yeah, I know. You want a letter about love? I'll write you a letter about love. Hey, she wrote back. We can do this. Ask her to hang out. Come on, dude. You messaged me? Yup. Conversation is like ping pong. I hit one, and then you... What the... Oops. Where were you born? In Squamish. What do you like about Squamish? I've never been anywhere else. Me neither. What do you like about Aster? She's pretty and smart. What else could I like about her? I don't know. How her eyes look right into yours. How you can live in an ocean of her thoughts, and she really knows so stupid. I just meant... You like Aster? Hey, it would suck to have to pretend to be not you your whole life. I gotta go. No, wait. Who you calling choo-choo? What? You know what it's like to finally meet someone your age who gets you? Love, it's not finding your perfect half. It's the trying and reaching and failing. I had to eat since said, No, you don't see her. Who she is. Who she could be. Okay, so this was your pick, Tiffany, and you had seen it. How long ago had you seen it? It came out the 1st of May, and I think I watched it that first weekend when it came out. It was one of those that everybody was talking about. It. I was like, oh, everybody's talking about it. I don't want to be the one that watches it. But then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, I love it so much. <laughs> it's totally up my alley, not so much up yours. So no, I'm not, we will discuss. Uh, I'm not a big love story person, and I know it's billed as not a love story, but it still was too... Um, romantic for my taste but that's fine that's fine all right the half of it is written and directed by alice Wu, which is nice to have a female writer and director because we don't always get that a lot thank you hollywood our main characters are ellie chu played by leah lewis and paul munsky played by daniel deemer they're both fairly new they haven't been in a whole heck of a lot i guess daniel has been in the man in the high castle i haven't watched that it looks really good but i haven't watched it But anyway, 
Um, the movie starts and it's Ellie's voice and a voiceover and some illustrations telling us that the ancient Greeks believe that we were born with four arms, legs, and a single head made up of two faces. We were happy and complete. The gods feared our wholeness would quell our need for worship, so they cleaved us in two. Then we were cursed to spend our lives looking for our other halves. And when one half finds the other, there is an unspoken understanding and unity. And it's revealed that what she's saying is she's writing as part of a paper for a class. But she's not writing it for herself. She's writing it for someone else because she sells papers for money. Because she's an entrepreneur. But Ellie Chu lives in Squamish, Washington, which is kind of middle of nowhere. Not a lot going on. And the biggest family in town are the Carsons. They own the gravel pit because, you know, the best (laughs) people. The gravel pit is the biggest thing they've got going. Yeah. And Ellie and her father live in the train station where he is the station manager. And they work the switch and the signal as much as I can understand from my train Yeah, that's what I gathered. Yeah. Her mother died a few years before. And now she cares for her father who doesn't really leave his recliner. But she has to ride her bike to school, and she looks kind of dorky because she's got a big plastic helmet on, and she's got a milk crate stuck to the back of her bike, and she's constantly taunted by these assholes in a truck that drive by yelling, Ellie Choo! Chugga chugga choo choo! You kind of get the point front and center that Ellie is not like the other kids, because one, she's the only Chinese person at their school. She's kind of dorky because she's so damn smart, and she has no friends. It's just her and her dad doing her thing and you know what ellie is okay with it she does not care yeah the only part i want to talk about is where she says it's an a or you don't pay (laughs) right yeah so not only is she writing papers but they she's writing a a papers yeah so we're in a music class i assume and it's band and choir. It's a band and choir, like, together. Okay, I was like, what the hell is going on here? That's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> I gather this is a really small school, so maybe they don't have a band and a chorus teacher, per se. So they're just like, this is music class. We do everything. But <laughs> the teacher is talking about a mandatory talent show coming up. And Ellie... Which is bullshit. I know. It's a mandatory talent... And it's a mandatory senior talent show. Yes, the senior talent show. senior. You have to participate. And Ellie looks less than thrilled about this. So while the teacher is going on about music stuff, she is handing out papers around the class to the people that she wrote them for. And there's a guy in the back row, and they refer to him at this point as the big guy. And we'll find out who the big guy is. He's actually a regular-sized-looking guy. So uh, (laughs) I assume it's kind of a big man on campus type deal. And he has his arm around a girl who's reading a book. There are some whispers going on about how she always has her head in a book. And then suddenly we're singing John Denver. And we see a close-up of that same girl. And she's singing. And she has a very pretty voice and Elias staring at her and her voiceover comes on and says in case you haven't guessed this isn't a love story or not one where anyone gets what they want same time we see some guys running outside doing some sprints this is the football team I guess either that or it's 
gym or, or, or something like that. Anyway, they're... I think it's the football team. I think I it was, too. Was I but I don't know why they're team. practicing during school. In the middle of the day. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's why I was like, yeah. maybe, maybe it's P. We zoom in on one in particular, the, who the coach calls Munsky. And he's listening to the girl singing. And he obviously knows who it is because he smiles this big, cheesy smile. Yeah, and he and Ellie are immediately mesmerized by this girl, who we find out whose name is Aster Flores, and she's dating Trig Carson, the big man on campus. (laughs) Trig. Moose. They call them Moose, too. (laughs) Well, we see in the hallway, this Paul Munsky is staring down the hallway at Ellie, who is staring at the talent show signups because she's dreading the fact that she has to do it, but she signs up as a piano solo because she plays the piano. And then we're in a class. I don't. I said I English. I have I English I question mark. That's exactly what I have. <laughs> <laughs> but it may be at something else because the teacher who is Becky Ann Baker, I don't know if anybody's familiar with um, Freaks and Geeks. She played the mom in Freaks and Geeks, which is an amazing show. Everybody watch it, even though it's only one season. It's the best. She pulls Ellie aside and she's like, six different takes on Plato. That's impressive because she knows that mm-hmm. Ellie wrote these six different papers. and But she doesn't turn her in because then she'd have to read the horrible essays they'd actually write. She'd rather read awesome essays written by Ellie. Right. So And then she hands her, her a- an application for Grinnell College. And Ellie's like, nope, nope, I'm, t- I'm not going to do that. I'm going to local school because one, I can get a full ride. And two, I can stay home and take care of my dad. But the teacher's like, you want to go to Grinnell and get out of Hellquamish. And Ellie's like, you went to Grinnell and you're back in Hellquamish. She's like, yeah, stay away from the liberal arts. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I felt that as I have a liberal art degree. Oh. She's drinking, right? Isn't she drinking on the job? The I, teacher? Don't, I don't know. But when she says six different takes on Play-Doh and Ellie's like, no, nah, just the one. And then the teacher says, that's what I tell the bartender. So right. it, it really wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Because Ellie says, you're going to get fired. And she's like, no, everyone in town fears God, but God fears the teacher's union. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. good. We'll be, I'll be all right. Thanks. I'll be Thanks. All right. Very good. Sir. So we're back to Ellie on her bike. There's a lot of scenes with Ellie on her bike. She's chugging that bike down the road. And again, again with the chugga chugga chewing from the guys in the truck. But now Munsky is running up behind her. He basically knocks her off the bike onto the ground she's like what the hell it's twenty dollars i can't remember how much she charged i wrote it down i wrote it down because he grabs her by the bike bike basket just to slow her down but when he does it he yanks her right off the bike yeah and she's like okay it's ten dollars for three pages twenty dollars for three to ten i don't write any more than ten i don't do any more than ten and he's like, yeah, I don't want to cheat. <laughs> That's not why I'm here. No, he does not want a paper written. He wants a love letter written to Aster, yes. the girl from the music class. She just basically says, nope, good luck, Romeo, and rides off, leaving Munsky in the dirt. She tells him to get a thesaurus and spell check because <laughs> yep. you can't write letters are personal and authentic, and I can't be you and authentic, which I was like, that's very true. That's true. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like, I'll pay more for authentic. <laughs> <laughs> As she's riding up. Yeah, um, she's like, see ya, I'm going. Well, we're at Ellie's house and she's eating sad frozen pot pies with her dad and they're watching Casablanca and she's working on her papers that she's writing and the electricity's flickering and she's like, did you pay the bill? And he says, no, because they don't understand my accent. I can't call them because they don't understand my accent. And then he shushes her because here comes the best part of the movie. And so they watch the best part and she's like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll call the next day. And and then you see her leave and she goes out and she's working the little signal booth. And it's late at night when a kid should be in bed. But 
Dad's in the recliner, and Ellie's out doing his job out in the little booth. So, yeah. Dad's got some problems. Yeah, Dad, Dad's not coping real well. So, the next day, she's riding her bike to school, and she is on the phone with the power company. So, she's on the phone riding her bike. She's walking the halls in school on hold with the power company. Some punk shoulder checks her in the hall and knocks all the stuff out of her hands, the phone, her books, papers, yada, yada. She bends down to pick them up. Same time, Aster bends down to help her. Ellie says, I'm Ellie too, but Aster's like, uh, yeah, I know you play my dad's services every Sunday and have for four years. And she's like, oh, okay. But she remarks on one of the books that Ellie has. Was that the remains of the day? Yes. Okay. All that barely repressed longing. Oh, God. Uh, and so <laughs> <laughs> she hands her the books and her phone and walks away and she has the phone up to her ear and she's like, oh, I'm Ellie too. Like, oh, what a stupid thing for me to say. And the lady's like, yeah, I know your bill is three months overdue. And if we don't get a payment of $50 by tomorrow, your power is going to be turned off. And just perfectly timed at that moment, Paul Munsky walks by and sees her and she says, okay, $50, one letter. He's woohoo. Arms up in the air. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just I just so did it when I said woohoo. <laughs> I just love that Ellie is like deer in the headlights when it comes to Aster. And you can tell that she's like enthralled by this girl. Like I'm, you, you can feel it. But it's like, oh, you're awesome. And I love you. But then we get the voiceover of Paul's letter, which is so incredibly sweet. But it is so sad because it is just, it's not. I, oh my God, it's bad. Because Aster's obviously a very intelligent girl. And she's got all the boys after her, but she's dating Trig. But it's just like, I like you. I think you're smart and you're pretty. And do you like French fries? Do you like, I like to dip mine in my milkshake. Do you want to try that? And it's just, it's He's sad. talking about his dead grandma and eating oh, fries. Oh, the best and- <laughs> thing. He says, some people think I'm the cutest one in my family. Those people being my grandma, who's dead. Never mind my dead grandma. I like fries and dipping them in my milkshake. I work part-time and I have a truck. Paul Munsky, second string, tight end, football. <laughs> it's oh, God. the best. But he's in, he's in love with her, even though he's never spoken a word to her. They've never had a conversation. Because Ellie's like, how do you know you're in love with her? And he's like, I think about her every morning. I think about her every night. And she's like, that's not love. That just means you're stubborn. And he's like, no, love makes you screwy. And Ellie's never been in love. And she's like, well, how am I supposed to write a letter that will make her fall in love with you? Because she's never been in love. And he's like, write her a letter that will make her fall in love with me. And not storm off in a huff like you are right now. Okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, so we're back in the living room. This is seems like their nightly routine. Dad's in his recliner, and Ellie's sitting next to him, and they're watching some kind of love story. This is a, a German love story. So there is a line in the movie about longing, and Ellie is obviously working on the love letter at the time because she's like, ooh, that's good shit, so she writes it down immediately. Next day, she gives Paul the letter, and he's like, well, it's sealed. How am I going to read it? And she says, hush, mo me, and as she walks away from him. Now, I am not hip, so I had to look this up, and basically it means shut up, but like in a nice way. I thought it was like Venmo, and like just she was just saying, give me That's money. That's what I said. I was like, I'm going to Google that. Is, some, is that some kind of something I'm not aware of? And yeah, it's like a polite way to tell somebody to shut up. Oh. But it must be a new and 
thing because I've never heard it in my whole life. Me either. But I think it's cute is that her dad is watching this movie and because he's, that's all he does is watch these classic movies. But he's supposed to be watching them to, to make his English better. But he's watching this movie, obviously, in German. Yeah. And she's like, how is, how is that supposed to help you with your English? And he's like, shh, best part. Gotta watch the best part. We say Allie's riding her bike home again. Here comes Paul running after again. Hold up, hold up. He's like, she wrote back. And what disaster do she calls him on plagiarizing this this movie? His name is Wim Wenders because yeah. I I had to Google him. And I'm gonna interject here with I find it completely unrealistic that a high school <laughs> has ever heard of this guy. But okay, Netflix, I will take this ride with you. Well, that's funny is that Paul is more concerned the fact that she cheated because she, <laughs> yeah. he says, I paid you and you cheated. You, and he goes, I looked up plagiarized. It means you cheated. <laughs> and Ellie's like, no, it's good. This is good. It's like a game. She's challenging us. And she's like, game on, Aster Flores. Mm-hmm. And then Ellie's just starts writing letters to Aster. They're honestly the best things I've ever heard. They're the best letters. Like, I love them. Okay, well... <laughs> So basically how she addresses the issue that she stole that line from the movie is she says, I don't know that much about love. If I knew more about it, I would quote myself. So I thought that was, was I thought that was clever and sweet. Yeah. All right. One point for Ellie there. Poor Paul is going enough letters. Ask her to hang (laughs) out. But Ellie's like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what hangout means. Because she doesn't have any friends. She's never hung out. Obviously never hung out on a date. She's like, I don't know what that means. Paul, meanwhile, has a bunch of friends. And he works at Munsky's Sausage, which happens to be across the street from the train station, conveniently. Yeah. And he's just a good dude. He's a nice, sweet dude. Comes from a big family. And he works in his family's sausage shop. And Ellie just plays guitar and piano. And they're just different people they are definitely two different people yes you are correct so now we have a voiceover of a letter that aster has written and we're watching her first during one of her dad's church services i'm thinking her father is the deacon but he basically does everything at the church because this priest is kind of loco it could be Episcopalian, too, because Maybe. some Maybe of the things what, yeah. are very similar to Catholic. Yeah, I couldn't tease that out. But there were, like, a lot of people in that church. I was like, that's, like, a lot of Catholic people all at once. So maybe they're Episcopalian. Whatever. But she's talking about how she uses other people's words, too, to express her feelings. And she's still talking, but we see her now in... I couldn't tell if that was her house or Trigg's house, but she's with Trigg. And her father is there. I think that was her father. This was yeah, all that was her dad. And yeah. Trig's taking like a selfie with her, and her dad's telling her to look like a senorita, right? Or look- yeah, he says some. It's, it's something along. I may have the word wrong. He tells her to sit up, and he says it in Spanish, and like to make her sit up and be a lady, right? Kind be of a, thing. Right. Yes. But she makes a point, and she says, "When you're a pretty girl, people want to give you things." But what they really want is to make you like them. Not, I like you. It's more, I am like you. I'm like a lot of people, which makes me no one. And it, go, you know, it goes to the scene of that she's surrounded by these very similar looking blonde girls. I said they were the Heathers. Pretty much, but like awful. Because they were just all exa- look exactly like, and they're wearing these god awful scarves. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this one looks so cute on you. So cute. 
And she's like, okay. And they're like, no, it looks so cute on you. She's like, oh, you want me to put it on like right now? Like, (laughs) yeah. So she has to put this awful scarf on and walk down the hall. And Trigg's got his arm around all six of these ladies. Like they're his harem and it's just gross. But So we're back in the church and Ellie and Paul are in the confessional. And he is just on and on about uh, texting her. I want to text her. I want to text her. And Ellie says that she thinks he should wait. It'll be like everyone else. She'll be like every other high school guy if you text her. And Paul says, fine, fine. And then he sends her the $50. Maybe he Venmo's, Hushmo's, who, who knows what he does. But he sends her the $50. I love that Ellie says, I never thought about the oppression of fitting in. She's like trying to relate to Aster, but she's like, I never thought about how hard it must be to have to fit in. She's like, because I've never fit in. Right, she's on the other end of the spectrum. She hasn't fit in ever. We get another Paul running behind Ellie uh, on her bike, and he's in his big boots and his Carhartt, and he's just straight up adorable, chasing after her every time. It kills me every time. We get a lot of back and forth of these letters, and and it shows as text on the screen. I didn't write it all down because there's a lot going on. We see Aster is writing a letter in class and she drops one of the letters from Ellie slash Paul in the classroom. And we then we see Ellie's in the bathroom. She's washing her hand and, and Aster comes in behind her and there's girls in the stall and they are talking shit about Aster. They're talking about Trigg's got the biggest house in town and Aster's family doesn't even own oh, their own God. house. Because obviously I'm, I assume they live in like the rectory kind of deal is what I was taking that as. Okay. Is they don't even own their own house. I was like, well, I mean, people have loans they have to pay off. But okay, that makes way more sense. <laughs> when I first watched it, I was like, oh, they must be renting. And I was like, oh, they probably like live in the, the rectory or whatever they call it. I mean, it's yeah. different religions call it something else. But oh, you're, right. The, you're right. You're uh, right. You nailed it. Whatever they call it. But the same teacher from English slash philosophy slash I don't know what the hell class she teaches. She finds a letter on the floor and she says, oh, so Ellie, this is why half my class is failing because you're not writing papers, you're writing letters. And she's like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's, it's cool. I'll, I'll get back to business next week. So again, we are getting a voiceover of them reading the letters to each other. And Aster is a waitress in a restaurant Aster saying that once she heard someone say the difference between a good painting and a great painting is five strokes and next we cut real quick to Ellie and Paul and Aster has sent her a picture I guess or has described this picture that she was talking about and she's showing it to Paul and she's trying to explain to him about what she means about the the paintings in case she ever brings it up I guess and then Aster is uh, writing while her boyfriend is in the background asking about which jacket he should wear for some promotional shoot or something and then Ellie's in the living room with her father there's a lot of kind of flow of what's going on in the scene while these while these letters are being written and Aster eventually ends up at this big blank wall she's followed some coordinates to a wall that asks her to paint any five strokes that it's that's what it's written up there it says any five strokes and then it shows how they are both kind of going back and 
to the wall to make their strokes and write notes to the other one and they actually end up making a really beautiful painting but the guy who owns the parking lot or the wall or whatever paints over it and then I can't remember which one says I think it's Ellie says everything beautiful is ruined eventually more voiceovers about good and great paintings while Trig is texting Aster he's like don't let me eat carbs today <laughs> I like yeah. that part well I love that she says that the difference between the good and bad painting is five strokes usually five boldest strokes in the painting the question of course is which five strokes and after you've slaved away at a painting why make a bold stroke and potentially ruin it but you could also potentially make it great but you have to decide what you know what if you want to or not and that's kind of how Esther is living her life because she's settling for trig because it's what's expected of her and she's afraid to make any bold strokes right she's got a good painting and she's afraid to make any changes you know i thought it was really sweet like it's it was a good thought of these people that are settling my high school boyfriend is just this is wonderful and this is going to be the greatest it's ever going to be no honey go live your life you'll have a hundred other boyfriends that will be stupid and or be great and better than high school but paul grabs the phone and texts aster a whole bunch of stupid emojis and ellie is <laughs> flipping out and she's like um little sister hacked my phone <laughs> can we can we go to a more secure platform how about ghost messenger is that a thing did you google ghost messenger is that a real thing oh yeah it's a thing so they start writing to each other and ellie is smith corona and and aster is diego rivera as their ghost messenger names. All right. So the the big first date is here. And they are at a little diner. Just just like a regular fries and milkshake type establishment. Mm-hmm. Gotta because, have the good stuff. Because you know how Paul likes the fries and dipping them in the milkshake. And Aster has brought Paul a book. And it's the r- remains of the day. And she's signed very, copy. It's yeah, she's very excited about because she's like, this is this is special, this is signed copy. Talking about how she went about getting it, and it, it was a whole thing. And he's just like, yeah, well, how about them Nazis? And she's like, okay. And it, and he's like, yeah, really, really love those Nazis. So it's going really well. And Ellie is listening over the phone, and. God bless Aster, because she's like, yeah, Nazis. Um, So speaking of Nazis, let's talk about my dad, because, I mean, <laughs> what an overbearing person he is, right? And, and she's really trying. And, and I think it, that this part was really cute, because he's just drinking his milkshake. This is the most awkward date ever, but, because he just doesn't know what to say to her, because she's just, I guess, very intimidating to him. She's gorgeous and she's so smart and he's just like I anything I say is going to be stupid and then she's trying so hard I just have that it was a weird date and unsatisfying but somehow Aster is into it I think because he's real and she's been with Trig that's such a moron yeah. and she's saying that they they had to meet outside of town so that her dad wouldn't see because people will talk because she is dating oh. Trig and but it's nice to have new friends is what she tells him and he's like huh 
Okay. He's like, I'm getting friends. <laughs> oh, I see another scene of Allie riding her bike and the same douches go by in the truck. But this time Paul comes running up behind them and throws rocks at him and starts yelling, what kind of wusses say dumb shit and drive away? And I was like, I love you. I love, <laughs> I love you, you so much. Oh, that was sweet. Well, they end up in the train car and then they're strategizing. Yeah. And he says, well, you know, something about he's giving it effort, you know, and she's like, there are no points for effort. And he's like, isn't that what love is? How much effort you put into loving someone? And I was like, oh, isn't That's it? That's what I said. I said, Ellie gives no partial credit. She was not impressed because he's been trying to read Remains of the Day. <laughs> yeah, and he says is. he keeps falling asleep. Yeah, but he's, I'm like, he's trying, though. He's like, he likes this girl. Well, he thinks he likes this girl so much. I mean, he doesn't really know her. I mean, he, all he's getting is through secondhand what Ellie tells him that she says. So. Right. But then he offers to pay her double to keep helping him. And she says she'll do it for free. And he says he'll pay because he's got money and in savings. And why else would you help me? And I was like, oh, yeah. And and Ellie's like, uh, no, that's fine. So they have three weeks until the next date. So they are cramming to make Paul into who Aster thinks he is. There's all these chasing after Ellie on his bike. On the bike, though, has somehow made Paul a better runner. And he's super fast at football practice now, which is great. And I thought it was so cute. And then Paul is, ta- is obsessed with his new design for a taco sausage that he wants to put in his family <laughs> business. But his mom wants nothing to do with it because they've had the same recipes for years. And she's just not doing it. So poor Paul and his taco sausage. Yeah. So the first up on the lesson is uh, No Exit, which is about a man trapped in hell. And that comes back a little bit later. Next up is Who is the Better Hepburn? Because apparently they have been in a debate about which is the better one, Catherine or Audrey. And then the Philadelphia story. And then about how to have a conversation. And the way that Ellie tries to teach him to have a conversation is she's like, it's like a ping pong game. I say something, then you say something. And then, you know, she, so she lightly lobs the ball over to his side and he just wails on it and goes halfway across the room and she's like yeah okay maybe that's part of the problem so they also follow Aster into like a horror slasher flick and everybody in the movie theater is is gasping and Aster's just laughing her ass off that's how it is when I watch scary movies is I laugh and make fun of them it's the only way I get through yeah, but it's I think it's super weird that they're like they're stalking yeah. her. They're like following her through a drugstore. And then they go to Trig and pretend to interview him and get some dirt <laughs> on her. And it, Okay, that was a funny part. So weird. I liked that part because they were going to play good, po- good cop, bad cop. And they were going to try to pretend like they're writing a profile on the student they most admire. But they're really trying to get information about Aster. And there's some confusion about who is good cop and who is bad cop i thought that was a cute scene yeah but apparently all they got out of it is that she likes meat but hates russians i don't know raisins raisins what she hates raisins, raisins. not russians oh my god i was like what do you know i went back and looked at that three times well they have this, i mentioned i can't see anything they have this empty train car and it's just it's like the you know carry from homeland they have shit written all yeah. over the walls and they're trying to connect the dots of like who she is and it's just it's craziness but then they're having this conversation which i think this does during ping pong i didn't write it down but he's paul's asking why squamish because you and your dad just seem so unhappy. They're in the car because they're staking out her house. Okay. I said staking, stalking, who can say? It's like a, a nod back to the center. Ellie does not want to open up. She's just, I'm out of here. 
And this is when the no exit thing comes back because she gets starts to get out and he goes, no exit. The, the no exit is, I get it because I want to run my own shop, but my family's had the same recipes for 49 years and I know I could improve the business, but they're Nana's recipes. And my mom says, if you can't have Nana, then at least we have her recipes. So, but if I break away, it'll break my mom's heart. So it's her heart or mine. So I stay. And I was like, oh, Paul is so sweet. So he stays. And even though he wants to branch out, he stays there because he doesn't want to break his mother's heart. And even though there's like 80 of them in his family and she'll probably get over it. But <laughs> yeah, really. she's got like another kid. She'll get, she'll get she's, back. She's got backup. She'll get back. So she gets back in the truck because she's like, okay, he opened up. I'll try to open up. So she says that they had to go where her dad could find a job. He evidently has a PhD in engineering from a school in China. And he became the station manager of the train station in Squamish, and the plan was that he would eventually be promoted to some kind of engineer. It was just supposed to be a starting off point, but because he didn't speak very good English, he just kept getting passed over for all the promotions. Because she says, you know, speaking good English trumps PhD, or at least one from China. And then Paul says, well, that's okay. I don't speak good either. And I was like, oh. And then he says, well, do you like pot roast? And he's like, so come to my house and we'll have pot roast. And his house is my literal hell. There's <laughs> that is so, insane. There's so many people and there's so much noise. And they're just fighting and screaming and fighting over food. So they end up back at Ellie's house and they're watching Charlie Chaplin. And they're eating pot pie. And Paul's cross-legged on the floor and he's just got a big old goofy smile because he's it's quiet <laughs> and he can eat dinner and he's not fighting over food and the shoes are like so uncomfortable and their little recliners look like sitting there like yeah. why is this giant white boy in our house what is <laughs> happening but it's adorable I think Paul is the most adorable thing and if I was a teenager I would watch this movie 87 times and be in love with him I'm just saying I would too I you're, you're absolutely right I would too because Paul is is totally the guy I would have a crush on so we're back at the ping pong table and he's doing much better with the gentle lobs from side to side both with ping pong ball and the conversation and he is trying to to learn about her and he is this the part where he is asking her about her mother yeah because she says match energy match stroke and say one thing so he asked her where were you born and she says in china and he said when did you come here she said, when i was five she's like where were you born he's like here i've never been anywhere else and she's like yeah me neither and i was like oh you were in china for five years but okay. she probably doesn't remember that but he's he's talking about this this taco sausage he's been trying to get the food critic from the paper to try his taco sausage for months his family won't try it nobody will pour, try his poor boy sausage and so sad just try the damn sausage people because he's cute I don't, it's literally a sausage and a taco though with some guacamole. Oh, wait. Guacamole. And I think it's taco-flavored sausage because later he does some different seasonings in his sausages for her dad. So, yeah. Look, I, all you had to say was guacamole and I'm game. He asks, what was your mom like? And she's like, young, funny, dead. And he's like, well, what was, what was she like when she was alive? And she's like, young, funny, fun. And I was like, oh. I just have Paul's big dopey smile kills me every time. He just... <laughs> He, and he just, he's such a good person. And he's talking about his taco sausage yet again. And had you, you had said about how his family 
won't try it or hasn't yeah. tried it, pr- probably because he hasn't even mentioned it because the mom wants to do what she wants to do. And he says about Ellie's mom, he's like, I bet she would have tried taco sausage. Ellie says, do you know what it's like? She says it to the teacher. Do you know what it's like to finally meet someone your age who gets you? But the thing is, Aster gets her, but so does Paul. They both, un- I think they both. Yeah get her like for once in her life she has somebody to talk to and she may be texting Aster but she has Paul there all the time that gets her she's her friend they they understand each other (laughs) I have written down this she says what do you like about Aster she's pretty she's smart she smells like fresh ground flower (laughs) (laughs) like the simple things like sure okay Ellie starts talking about, well, what about this about her? What about this about her? And, you know, all the things that obviously Ellie likes about her. And Paul's like, oh, of course. And at first I thought Paul was starting to get wise to what was going on. But no, he's actually just mad at himself because he's like, why can't I come up with those kind of meaningful things? That's what you say when you love someone. Those are the things you live that you can live in an ocean of her thoughts. That's one of the things that Ellie says. But Ellie's like, you know what? You try harder than anyone I ever met to show a girl that you love them. If love isn't the effort you put in, then what is it? And I'm like, oh, so Ellie's changing her tune a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because that's what Paul said. But I think it's funny is that the very next scene, because it's all about the effort you put in when you love somebody. So what's happening in the very next scene? Ellie and They're Mr. Chu are eating taco sausage. Oh, I know. Oh, I loved it. And and they're both like, okay, this is actually good. And they are going at those taco sausages that first bite they're like huh and then they're gobbling (laughs) taco sausage oh yeah i loved that scene that was a cute little scene well they're also drinking yakult which is oh did you look that up i didn't but i it's it's uh drinking by an asian okay it is disgusting just by the way oh have you tried Uh, that yeah and it it is okay this is the google definition of it. it is a sweetened probiotic milk beverage fermented with some kind of bacteria strain Ew. it's disgusting and and at one point i forget where this comes in but he was talking about how or she was talking about how they drink at room temperature and i'm just like i am dead well oh, he's my God. well no. paul says that she's like i can't believe that you drink your cold and he's like well coach puts them for free in the vending machine because they keep him regular so that's the probiotic comes okay that yeah. makes sense and she's like, well, the she's like, well, the only Asian grocery store is three hours, but by bike, I've never had one cold before, because she's always, you know, she rides her by uh, her bike, and so then they're warm. She rides her bike and breathe. Okay. And yeah, so the, by the time they get back, they're warm. But they're sitting there watching the movie, and drinking their your cold. And there's a woman on the train, and she's obviously left the man she loves behind, and he's running after the train, and she's like, don't run after the train. And Paul's like, it's sweet. Ellie's like, no, it's trite. And Paul's like, it shows he cares. Ellie, it shows he's a moron. Who outruns trains? Paul's like, she looks sad. And Ellie says, well, she's a moron, too. <laughs> okay, that's how I feel watching love stories. So <laughs> now now you know how I feel. Everybody is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So it's time for the second date. Uh, yeah. Aster's giving him another shot, I guess. Yeah. And Ellie's waiting outside in his truck, I guess. And he's like, thanks for everything, but I'm pretty sure i'm gonna crash and burn and she's like oh no you're gonna be you're gonna be fine and goes in the restaurant and she's like yeah he's gonna crash and burn <laughs> so we're at the same place same fries same milkshake i guess and he starts to try to talk about immigration this time and she's like okay yeah so we don't 
have to talk about immigration and Nazis. She's like, I just think it's cool that we're still friends. And he's like, oh, okay, friends. And I don't know if Ellie can kind of get the vibe because she's watching them from the truck and she can see them through the window. I don't know if she kind of got the vibe like, oh, oh, this isn't going well. So she comes up with a plan that she is going to message Aster as Paul with the ghost messenger app and he then has to pretend that he's sending the messages although he has absolutely no idea what either one of them (laughs) are saying but god love his goofy little smile he just has to sit there and play along and she's trying to tell him look at your phone you have to you know you have to pretend that you're writing these messages and basically the gist of it is I can't talk like to you I I can't come up with the words and this is so much easier for me and I'm nervous when you're close I get nervous when you're close and I'm just a girl oh come on I'm just a girl just like any other girl yeah and Ellie is complimenting Aster and Paul jumps up out of the booth and almost ruins the whole scheme but he he's just like look um, basically, probably you just like, I'm tired of being the third wheel yep. of this state. But he says, look, I like you. I think you're pretty. You're smart. Yada, yada. And I don't want to be just friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And she's into it. He's like, I'm not a good talker, but I don't want to be just friends. And he sits back down and Ellie's like, well, it, it was either, it was kind of the combination of my work here is done and also just being a little bit sad because it's Paul in there. Because she can see that Astra's like, oh, I'm in- okay. But I think I still think it's shady as fuck that she's sneaking off to all these dates with this dude. Like, if you're not happy with Trig, then break up with Trig. Don't sneak around with another guy. But because they're not friends, I agree. they're they're sharing way too much to be friends. But they are high school, and I get that high school kids are stupid. So, anywho. Or the next day where Paul and Ellie are at like maybe a Goodwill to shop for clothes. for Yeah, that's what I said, a secondhand clothing store. This is the most adorable scene ever in the in the whole movie. I think. Well, they're shopping for talent show clothes and and Paul's saying, rock the second day and a side girl's going to rock her <laughs> piano solo. It's Paul Munsky. <laughs> and she's like, so uh, what happened? And he's like, well, we held hands and it was quiet. And it was nice. And then she had curfew. So I walked to her to her car and, and I kissed her. She's like, how does that happen? It's like, what do you mean? She's like, how do you know that she wanted you to kiss her? He's like, she gives you a look. And she's like, what look? And he makes it look like he is constipated. And it's the funniest thing. I I've almost made. died. <laughs> and she's looking at him like, what? Like, <laughs> like you that came was at the me look with that face. I don't know what I do. Yeah. And then Paul finally snaps out of it and he looks at what Ellie's doing because she's trying clothes on over top of her clothes. And he's like, what are you doing? What have you got on? And she's like, I'm just going to get this. And he's like, no, you don't look like you. You don't look like you. He's like, "Uh, go in the dressing room. I'll toss you some things. And she's like, you're a dude. He's like, well, I have a sister. I can figure it out. And just, I guess, dresses her for her talent show. Which is the next place we go. And I love that because he he says that it, it doesn't look like you. So it's like they're... They're friends to the point where he he can say something like that. Like, that doesn't, that's not you. I said they're officially BFFs. Yeah, because he knows her. He knows her, obviously right, knows her better yes. than anybody else. Because you can't yes. say Aster knows her because she doesn't even know it's her writing her. So. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, so it's the night of the recital. 
And this is the night of the show, y'all. It's the night of the show. And Trig or Moose, or as he look, it seems like he goes by when he's playing his band, whatever. I was like, is this? It's like a bad '80s cover band. Actually, it really wasn't that bad. I have that. This is Derek from Step Brothers singing "Ice Ice Baby." This is that scene, one hundred percent. But the teacher says, our next senior needs no introduction. I was like, calm down. He's not that great. But yeah, he's dressed like Bruce Springsteen, but he's singing a song I've never heard. So I don't know if it was a Springsteen song. It very well could be. I'm not a big Springsteen fan, so. I didn't recognize it either, but I I said it's actually not terrible. But the crowd is going wild. They're cheering and standing, and they've got their glow sticks. And I said, woo, what a tough act to follow, because, of course, Ellie is up next. I think it's funny she comes out in the outfit that obviously Paul picked out for her, and it's just jeans and a white button down. It's perfect. It's just perfect. But I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. She looks great, but I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but she's pushing her piano out there, and they weigh a ton. Which I thought was shitty that they made her roll that out there by herself. I know. And the dipshits from the chugga-chugga-choo-choo, these assholes have fucked with her piano and broke the strings on it because they suck. She's trying to play in this one note just every time. And so Paul, we see him on the side stage and he slides her guitar over to her and tells her to play her song. And it is a really beautiful song. It is also very short, but surprisingly, everyone claps and Paul is just so proud and Trig walks up to him and says, when did Ellie Chu get kind of hot? <laughs> and I, I said, there's got, I guess there's something about a girl and a guitar. Note to self, start playing the guitar. Okay, two things is that he hands her that guitar. He just grabs it from some guy in the audience, hands her the guitar and his face I have in that moment could move mountains. He's just staring at her and he's like, you've got this. It's just, it's just love and just admiration for this person that has been helping him for weeks. He just loves her. And this girl, and the actress that plays Ellie, her name is Leah Lewis, and she was on season four of The Voice. I don't know how far she got, but oh, wow. I looked that up. So that's why she sounds so great singing her song. Yeah, she so. was great. I think it's called Safe and Sound, but it's not very long, but it's really mm-hmm. cute. Agreed. Well, she goes home after the the thing. She goes back home and she's in the signal shack thing and. Paul and a carload of friends drive off and they're like, do you want to hang out? We're doing the after talent show, uh, after party. After talent show party, man. <laughs> so Paul takes her to a party to hang out because she's never hung out before. And there and people start yelling, the Chinese girl came. Woo! And, uh, and this one girl comes up to her and she's like, hey, I've been in school with you for however many years. I just wanted to tell you that I love your nails. And she's like, oh. It's just the bike grease I couldn't get out. She's like, I love it. (laughs) I love it. It's great. But she quickly makes a whole bunch of friends, and they start playing a drinking game, and she gets super drunk. But who's there to take care of her? Paul. He takes care of her, and she pukes, and he brings her home to his house to sleep it off. And as he's putting her into bed, he sees letters in her bag, and they're all envelopes that have been written to local food critics in care of Paul Munsky about his taco sausage. True friends. It's friends. I just got chills. I love this. The next morning, he has left her some Tylenol and water by the bed. What a sweetie. I swear. Because he has left very early to go to football practice, as one does apparently when you play football. And suddenly she hears Aster's voice 
downstairs and at the same time she gets a ghost message saying I'm back early from my youth camp or whatever and you can hear his mom saying oh well he's in practice she just she's like okay I just want to leave something in his room for him and meanwhile there's Ellie laying in his bed so she's <laughs> Half dressed. Yeah, she's getting up real quick and and Aster and Paul's mom walk in the room and she says, Oh, it's Paul's Chinese friend. It's like, good <laughs> yeesh, these people. Gross. And the mom walks out and Ellie says, Oh, I I was just dropping off some books because he wanted to read them for you. He's trying to read things that he thinks you would like and you could talk to him about and he really likes you. He's such a great guy. Because Aster thinks that they that they've spent the night together, that she's in Paul's right. bed because they spent the night together. No, honey. She's like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but Aster just wants to drop off a painting that she made for him, and Ellie looks at it, and you can tell she's very touched by it. But she just says, "Yeah, he'll love it." Well, she says something about the stroke. It's got a great. Stroke. Oh yeah, this, it's got a great, great bold stroke. And Aster or just like looks that. at her like, "Huh? How would you know? How would you know?" Come that? on, Aster, wake up. Um, but Aster's kind of getting it cool. I think so too. But she's walking away, and Aster's like, "Well, can I come with you to the train station?" And she's like, "Uh, why would you want to do that?" And Aster says, "Well, I've already um, told my dad I'm somewhere else, and besides, I think it kind of sounds fun to hold lanterns and run after the trains or something like that." Which is exactly what she does. She's holding the lanterns, and the trains going by, and she's running, and she's like, "Whoa!" That was great. But the trains only come a very limited times throughout the day. So I guess once that one's passed, another one's not going to come for quite a while. So Aster's like, you want to go somewhere else? And Ellie's like, okay, sure. They take off driving and Aster is driving a little yellow car, which is exact, looks exactly like my car from high school, which is a Plymouth Horizon. And it was, mine was bright red and had that big old hatch on the back on it. So I don't, it, her, hers isn't a Plymouth Horizon, but it's very close to my, my high school car. And she said, I want to take it to my favorite spot, which happens to be a hot spring mm-hmm. where she gets out of the car and she immediately strips naked and gets into this hot spring. And Ellie is so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable because I can bet a hundred percent that she's never been around another naked girl. Oh no, like, absolutely not. Never been... Yeah, never been even friends, whatever, changing room. She's never been around that. And she loves this girl and she's seen her naked. And it's just, it's too much because it's, it almost feels, I think it feels like an invasion because she, mm-hmm. Aster doesn't know that she loves her. So for her, it's just, it's weird. So Ellie's like, okay. And she gets in the water with most of her clothes 97 on, layers of clothes on. Yep. With her <laughs> long underwear on and... <laughs> Aster's saying, I don't think I've ever hung out with a girl before where we didn't talk about boys. And Ellie's like, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, we can, you know, if you want to. Paul's great, though. And and she's <laughs> like, no, no, it's it's nice. She's like, and when I'm with him, I, I feel safe. But then he writes these things that feel not safe. And she says, I think Trey's going to ask me to marry him. And I'm just going to marry him because, the, you know, that's what's expected of me. That's what everybody assumes going to happen. I'm just going to do it. And... Ellie's looking at her like, are you fucking crazy? You're in high school. What is wrong with you? And then they talk about how Ellie doesn't believe in God. And Aster says, well, that must be nice. And Ellie's like, no, it's actually kind of lonely. And Aster says, well, I've, I've been asking God for a sign on what I should do with my life. And all of a sudden, Paul's letter appeared in my locker. And she's like, oh, you know, and, you know, this is the sign that I should do something else. Maybe I should think outside Trig. 
And then she's like, you know what? I think we should do. And she's like, no, I think it'd be fun. And goes over and starts just trying to strip Ellie's clothing off because that would be more fun. And well, I said, did we just segue into a tickle fight? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, and, and I love it. Ellie says, I'm the Russian doll of clothing. Leave me alone. <laughs> she has so many layers. <laughs> yeah, and at the same time, we see Ellie's dad and Paul, and they're in the kitchen, and they're just, like, slapping this ball of sausage in a bowl, just slapping this ball of sausage. I was like, okay, I don't understand what's going on there, but... I kind of think it's cute that Ellie's dad and Paul are bonding, yeah. even without Ellie being there. So, cut back to the girls now, and they're both floating in the pool. And I was like, they should be prunes by now, because they have been in this water for probably an hour, if not more. And they're listening to music. Aster like brought a little boombox over when they first got in. And I don't know what song it is it sounded familiar but if you leave me now by chicago chicago i was like i want kept wanting to say journey but ellie said that her mom loved this song and her mom had said that every song every movie has a best part and so they lay there and there's like this swelling instrumental section of the song and then it goes into the next part and aster says was that it and Ellie's like, well, yeah. Well, Ellie says, well, do you think it was the best part? And she's like, yeah, that was it. Well, I love that. Ellie has one little line in there where she says, gravity is matter's response to loneliness. And Aster says, who said that? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, well, I guess you said it. And I was like, oh. But I just, I thought that was. Except for I don't have any idea what it means. I just thought but... it was kind of, I don't know. I liked it. It maybe means nothing, but I liked it. Oh, <laughs> Tiffany. I love You it. love love. That's your I don't love love, but I love this. I love people getting each other. I don't know. Eventually, at the end of the day, they've been floating all day long because now it's nighttime and Ellie tries to sneak in the house and her dad hears her. He says that there's food that Paul made for her in the microwave. He made braised, because she said her her favorite food when they were playing ping pong was braised pork. So he made braised pork sausage for her. Paul. That was what they were cooking together. Is he Be got the re- he got the recipe from Mr. Chu, and they made it together. This collaborative effort between the two, you know, the Asian cuisine and the sausage thing, and made it for Ellie. I thought it was so that sweet. is adorable. I love it. The next day is the big game, and Aster is texting who she thinks is Paul, and she's saying good luck today. And so Ellie says, you know, good luck from Aster, and Paul says, are you coming? You're coming, right? And she's like, yeah, I love watching a bunch of guys sniff each other's butts. It's my favorite (laughs) thing. So she goes to the football game, and he sees her up in the stands, and he is so damn happy to see her. I know. He is so excited to see her that he forgets he's playing because he's so busy waving at her. And she's like, go! You go! Do the thing! Go play the game! And then that's the big game, and he makes the points, and football can you tell i watch a lot of sports it's the first time they've <laughs> scored in 15 yes, years so he, he's a, a freaking celebrity now yeah then after the game ellie's in and she's raiding the cold vending machine because yeah she wants about she's filling her shirt she's like packed full it's up to her neck and paul walks in and she thinks she's caught she's like oh sorry i just i just i wanted to have some they're cold and they're free and i i wanted her and and she's like can you take some of these and he's like um uh, I wanted to tell you something. She's like, what? And he just grabs her and kisses her. 
because he's been mistaking this whole friendship connection that they've had for a love connection. And she flips out. She's like, no, no, why are you kissing me? What is happening? I No. And then you see Aster's reflection in the occult vending machine. Because, of course, she walked in at that exact moment. And she storms out because she's like, oh, Paul's cheating on me. Even though I'm cheating on my boyfriend. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) She walks out. And Ellie's like, no, no, Aster, it's not like that. Aster, come back. And suddenly all the light bulbs go off in Paul's head. And he's like, oh. And then he's like, you like Aster. Like, you're a girl. You like Aster. And he's like it's a sin. You're, you're going to hell. And he just walks out and leaves her there. And suddenly she's lost everything. And my heart is breaking in a million pieces. And so it's like, she can't even muster the energy to actually ride her bike. She's just pushing her bike home. She's so freaking low right now. And Trig walks up to her and he's like, I know what's going on. You're into me. She's like, yeah, that's it. I am in love with you. And suddenly Mr. Chu is super soaking Trig (laughs) from the window with the little spray nozzle attached to the sink. And Trig's like, this is cashmere or something or other. And so he runs off with his hands flapping. And she goes inside and walks in, goes straight to her room and... Mr. Chu's like... He's like, I don't know what just happened, but it's not great. She's not in a good place. We just get these little scenes that Ellie's riding her bike again, and the truck of douchebags go by, and there's no yelling. Because Paul changed that part of her life for her. He's changed that. They're not yelling chugga-chugga-choo-choo at her anymore. And you see Paul and Aster just kind of drifting through their days at school. Paul's just walking down the hallway, and Aster's sitting with dipshit Trig, and listening to him and his buddies being dumb. And then you see Paul is at home and he's Googling, how do you know if you are gay? And his mom's like, you have to go take the trash out. Come on. And so he, I'm coming. So he gets up and he leaves. Of course, he doesn't exit out anything. So next one to pick up the, the computer is his mom. And she sees a search history. So obviously she assumes he's gay because he's Googling how to know if you're gay. Okay. Yeah. So there's a real quick scene where Paul is dropping off some sausage at Ellie's house and Ellie's father wants to know if they broke up. And Paul's like, no, it it wasn't really like that. And her dad says, well, she seems sad. And Paul says, well, you don't really see her. You don't see what she is and what she could be. And then Ellie's dad starts to tell him a story and it's in Mandarin about after his wife died. And even though, you know, Paul didn't understand a word of this, he could feel the emotion about what he was talking about. And what he was talking about was after Ellie's mom died and how he was just immobilized from grief and how Ellie, who was 13 at the time, took over the duties of working the the train booth when he couldn't do it and then he says in english have you ever loved someone so much that you didn't want anything about them to change no oh and paul's like oh yeah, yeah and then paul gets in he's like you know i i love ellie as a friend like that yeah and here comes buckling kids the cringiest scene ever put in a movie agree ever. i have comedy where it wasn't yes 
it's Easter services, and they say we want the this week's reading is going to be from our favorite person in the world, Trig. He's going to stand up. He's going to do the reading. Everybody's so excited. And he stands up and he's like, oh, and blah, 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 blah. Love is patient. Love is kind. Aster, you want to marry me? They're in <laughs> high school. They're high school seniors. And she accepts. She just shakes her head. Like, sure. She nods. And from the rafters where Ellie's up there playing the piano, you hear, no! <laughs> like, no, no, we're not doing this. And then Paul stands up and he's like, no, love isn't pretending. I pretending my whole life that I'm something I'm not the way he's wording it. His mom's like, Oh Lord, he's coming out. He's coming out here in church. He's telling everybody our business. And he's like, you know, it must suck to be pretending your whole life. I never want to be the guy who makes someone stop loving who they want to love. And I love that Astrid's dad goes, thank you, Paul. That was odd. And then he's trying to move the service along. He's like, okay. And and then Ellie's like, well, wait. And the only part I thought was funny is they have like the collective crowd gasps at the same time. Like every time somebody's like, but wait. And Ellie's like, I've been pretending too. And the Trig's like, oh, it, it's fine. I, she's just going to be telling he's like, everyone I am how much so she loves me. I'm so flattered, but I tried to and tell you. you, but, I, you know. but, and she's like, no, actually, I'm here to educate you on what love really is because I'm 17 and I know a lot about it. And she goes into like, love is messy and it's horrible and it's selfish and it's bold and it's being willing to ruin your good painting for the chance at a great one then she looks at aster and asks is this really the boldest stroke you can make and then there's all the light bulbs in aster's head because she's like you then she walks over and slaps paul across the face and i have so many question marks like excuse you aster i was like why are you slapping him i i get it but i don't and then we get portrait going so i'm the good painting (laughs) Is that? <laughs> and Paul's mom like, honey, you know, I'll love you even if you're gay. So like, I'm not gay, mom. She's like, oh, thank God. He's like, but I do want to change the sausage recipe. And she's like, are you kidding me? You're breaking my heart. <laughs> you're ruining my life. So. so everyone's arguing. I've never been to a mass slash service, whatever the hell this is, like this before. This um, it's actually looks like it might be a little, a little bit more fun than most of the Easter services I've been to. But Ellie just walks out. Yeah. She goes home, and her dad is making dumplings. Pretty much he's making food to freeze for her so she can take it to college with her. And he says, we didn't come here so you could be like me. We came here so you could be like your mother. And I'm going to cry. And she's, (laughs) Ellie comes back with, you don't mean dead, right? (laughs) And and he's like, I hope not. (laughs) But yeah, her dad gets it that, He's relied on her to be the adult for however many years now. It's time for her to go out and do her own thing and for him to get his shit together and get back to work. He can't rely on the I can't speak good English thing anymore. He's just got to go with it. The next scene is Aster walking out of the Mexican restaurant and Ellie is waiting outside next to her bike. And Ellie remarks that she hasn't seen her in church and Aster says she's been busy working on portfolio pieces for art school. Ellie's like, wow, cool. Well, I'm leaving tomorrow for Grinnell. And Aster says, okay, that's great. And, you know, she's walking away. Have a nice life. Have a nice life. Yeah. 
Ellie calls after her and says she's sorry. It was just supposed to be one letter. She didn't mean to hurt her. And Aster says, deep down, I probably already knew because uh, you didn't use enough emojis. And she says, for what it's worth, I can't say the thought never crossed my mind if things were different. And Ellie's like, ugh, you can never be different. But Aster says, find something good in Iowa to believe in heathen. And Ellie goes to ride away and then she pushes her bike off and throws it over on the ground and rushes back and plants one on Aster and says, I'll see you in a few years. <laughs> and Aster gets a big giddy grin on her face. Yeah, because Aster's like, you just watch. In a few years, I'm going to be so sure. I'm going to be so sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, I'm going to be the person that I want to be. And she's like, well, I'll see you in a couple of years. And we'll see how things play out. And then we have the last scene, which is my absolute favorite and kills me. We're at the train station back where, you know, Ellie lives. But instead of her manning the switch, she is getting on the train because she's going away to college. And Paul's standing there with a giant cooler and is stuffed full of dumplings and sausage for her to take to school with her. And he's seeing her off. And, you know, she looks up at her dad, who just kind of waves out the window. He's it's too much for him to come out and say goodbye to her. He, he can't, he's not there yet. And he's like, don't worry about him. I'll keep him busy tasting new ketchups. And uh, <laughs> no worries. So she gets on the train. Or she's like, she's standing on this train platform crying like a wussy. And he's like, just looks at her. And she's like, yeah, wussy, wussy. <laughs> gets on the train. And they're just kind of staring at each other out the window. And all of a sudden the train starts going. And Paul starts chasing after the train. Just like in the movie just they like- talked about. And he's chasing oh. after her. And... I am losing it because it's just the best. And she's looking at him. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And she's crying, (laughs) laughing because he loves her. He's chasing after her because he loves her. She's his best friend and he loves her. And she just says, moron, you know, because morons (laughs) chase that. Can't outrun a train. And then she turns around and she's just kind of looking at the people of the train and she goes on with her life. End movie. The best. The end. I loved it. But I'm a schmaltzy schmaltzer, and I, I loved it. It's not, just not my kind of movie, but... I mean, I thought it was good. I thought everybody in it was was very good. I like that it wasn't... Because a lot of these, like, these teenage movies, it's like... They end up shoving people that are completely different than... Of course, they get together at the end. And you always think, would they really be able to have any kind of relationship? You know, everybody was against them being together, or they have no kind of... They have nothing in common other than whatever that brought them together in the first place. Bargardy bar. I, I mean, agree. Let's look at, like, I loved Pretty in Pink when I was in high school. Loved it. I watch it now and it makes me want to rip my skin off because I hate it <laughs> so much. Because it doesn't make any sense. Sorry, John Hughes. It doesn't. We all know it doesn't. She should have ended up with Ducky. Thank you yes. very much. But... This, I thought this was great because they, I agree with they you. were good. They, this is this made sense. Yeah, well, I mean, and it says at the very beginning, this is not a love story. And I mean, it kind of isn't, it kind of isn't. But she says, you know, at least not one where people end up with who they wanted. Right. So it, it, it already sets you up to be like, this isn't going to be that kind of love story where at the end, everybody is living happily ever after together when they're 17 and don't even know who they are. So, and I did like that too, because in a lot of the TV shows and movies about high school kids, and I do think that in this movie, there were some parts where I was like, oh, come on. But everybody just, I don't know, seems so much more mature than 
than I think I was at 17 or like the teenagers I know now are. But this movie, even though some parts were a little fantastical, they all these people were really unsure of themselves and and really true to the questioning you have about who I am and who I want to be that went on when you were in high school. Yeah, and even though Paul was the jock, he wasn't a jock. That wasn't like his football. No, right. Football wasn't his whole life. He, I mean, he wants to be in quotes a chef. He wants to run his family's business. He wants to do this sausage thing. So that that's his goal. He wasn't the typical trig, which is what all these stupid regular teenage movies are about. Is that it would have had like Ellie ended up with trig or Ellie wanting to be with trig or something. And I also like that it was that it was about that she's a lesbian and that she's coming to terms with the fact that oh I love this girl. Maybe she's not a lesbian. Maybe she just likes. I mean, she just happens to like Aster, which is right. outside the norm for this community or for whatever. But I just and also it. like the the object of everyone's attention in this movie. Typically, it's it's the popular girl, it's the cheerleader, you know, it's the homecoming queen. And although Aster is is really beautiful and and she's with this popular jock guy she's not what i would consider popular they were making fun of her in the bathroom and 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 whispering about how what a book nerd she is and so she's kind of um a very atypical object of desire yeah i think that the thing that because she's pretty it was supposed to be like you know because she's pretty that of course everybody likes her, but there were so many layers to her that she wasn't able to express because people just saw her as she was pretty. But right. and then the oh we want you to be like us because you're pretty and she's like well I'm more than pretty I'm so damn smart and I know German directors that grown people don't know so <laughs> whatevs I would love just to see where these people this- these characters are in ten years like. If Paul and Ellie are still f- close friends, I mean, obviously, I I think they're going to go on and find different partners or whatever, but I, I would hope they're still good friends. I think Paul's going to go to, like, whatever's considered a, the big city around there, and he's going to have his taco sausage, whatever, probably a food truck, because he strikes me oh, as like yeah, a food truck kind of guy. Uh, yeah. He's going to have a sausage tattooed on his bicep or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see it. <sighs> That's the end of that. Would love to hear your thoughts and see if you're Team Tiffany or Team Kelly on this one because I'm just <laughs> curious. So so if you want to tell us whether you're Team Tiffany or Team Kelly, you could do that on Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. You could find us on Facebook at That's So Original Podcast. Uh, what else could you do? You could send us an email mm-hmm. uh, to that so original podcast at gmail.com. Or uh, I guess we're on Twitter. You could maybe find us there and, and tweet something or other about which team you're on. Uh, actually, I'd also like to know um, what you guys are thinking about what we should do next so you could let us know on any of those platforms as well and speaking of platforms you can find us uh, on pretty much every podcasting app there is and it would be super nice and wonderful of you if you would like and subscribe and rate us five stars and tell everyone you know about how incredible we are 
Well, thanks for joining us, guys, and we will hopefully be talking to you soon. Please let us know what you want to listen to next. We want, we're want we curious to see what you want us to talk about. We're thinking something fun that we can rip apart and yes, make please. fun of. So if you know a movie out there that, or a show that was like, oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous. You want somebody to rip it apart? That's what we're here for. That's what we want to do. So <laughs> let us know. Thank you. Bye. Bye.